Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Last Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase phrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which was another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutz. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel 
sweet spark of connection If you don't screw up this moment somehow Maybe you won't die alone Don't be too needy or bring up your ex Don't say the words her peace Don't ever mention you've never had sex Trust me, I promise she knows And now her defenses are starting to fall Smile and return her affection If you don't manage to What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? dude? This is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. You speaking of that broke Vinny. This card was weird. Very weird. Yes. uh, This is going (laughs) to... I I don't know where the fuck to begin with this episode, ladies and gentlemen, but um, obviously, if you guys listen to Battleground, which came out um, Monday, um, late in the evening. Uh, you obviously know what happened, and you're seeing something interesting, because it's not every day that Zach is on two days in a row, but um, or two days in one week, but anyway, we are here for NXT, and we're just gonna jump right into this shit, because a lot of weird things happen yeah. here, and the weirdest thing that yeah. happened tonight is our first official match of the evening. A weaponized steel cage match. Gigi Dolan goes one-on-one against JC Jane. I love the match itself, sort of, but did this really have to be the opening match? I was wait a minute here. Why are they doing this? I was like, I was thinking, uh oh, Vinny's not happy, but otherwise, in this match, I was really uh, not as good as I thought it should be. What about you? Here's the thing. <laughs> Not only did they put this on free TV on the NXT following your paper their pay-per-view. They opened the show with this. Am I supposed to believe that anything else that I saw on this show was going to have more action, more violence, and more emotion than this? You have something on your show that can deliver on a higher level than a weaponized steel cage match. Are we sodomizing a puppy in the main event? What the fuck is happening in this show that's going Going to be bigger and badder and better than this match. Zach, without giving anything away, did you see anything that topped this? No. I didn't think so. There was nothing. I don't know why this opened the show, but it shouldn't have. Now, that being said, I enjoyed the match. I did too. I liked the use of the weapons. It did everything it said it was going to do. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are both impressive workers. I think Gigi got a little color in this match, which I enjoyed. Now, I'm assuming this was done hard way, but either way, very well done. I 
loved it. This was very good. Gigi Dolan got the win, which is what should have happened. And now this rivalry needs to be done. That's that's the key thing here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the end. You're not going to get any bigger than a weaponized steel cage match. And the babyface got her revenge. The only way this could have been better is if her brother came out afterwards and gave her a hug. That's the only thing that could have made this better. So the match itself did its job. But the fact that they opened the show with this is where I have the biggest problem. Never mind the fact that it's on yeah. free TV. Because now you've killed whatever else is going to happen on the show. Because nothing on this show is going to top that. Unless you have a legend coming out. And even then, it depends on the legend. Whether or not there's anything that's going to top this. But we've already established nothing did. Not so, a damn thing. Yeah. So, after we see this amazing match with all of its weapons and all of its glory, we cut to a backstage interview with the NXT North American Champion Wesley, who comments on his win at Battleground. The Dyad confront him, but Tyler Bate backs Lee up. Reed and Fowler leave, and Bate tells Lee they're still mates, as everything had been in the spirit of competition. Lee bumps Mate's fist and thanks him. Okay, I mean, I like when Leslie protected the interviewers. Like, get back, he's ready to defend himself. And then uh, his buddy Tyler Bate came up the other day. It's like, guys, you got to get through. If you want to get to him, you got to get through me. Fist bump, thanks him. Which I understand is just, this is just there. Like, okay. Yeah, basically, uh, they're trying to give Tyler Bate, I guess, new competition. Uh, Tyler Bate basically stating, because that was the big thing was, Wes felt like Tyler was turning his back on him by trying to get himself in the North American title match because Wes was trying to find backup but Tyler was just saying look I just want the title I don't want to cripple you I don't want to end your career I don't hate you but I do want to win a title so I'm just interested in winning I'll still be your friend whether I win or I lose and he lost he was trying to let Wesley know look I was just wanted to win the title I didn't get the job done but we're still friends so he's trying to establish that and Wesley I guess now is at the point where he feels like all right I can trust Tyler now because the match is over it's done and Tyler didn't do anything to try to screw Wesley out of the championship. He didn't resort to any heel-like tactic. And on that note, we cut to, we see good old Tony D getting Uh processed at the precinct. They got him in front of the height measurement thing, and they're showing the police department date and everything, and 1275, no, it's 12759785111. Is that his number now in jail? Ah, I guess. I always thought they were like four digits or something. Another story for another time. I don't want to talk about that, but that's just his number they give him. Okay, I'm just asking because I know that, like, like an arrow was 4587. So, why this are all different. these extra numbers here? Don't know. Excuse me, I figured you'd have some insight. Well, I never really had to do that. Oh, you, you they, they didn't do the process in the picture? They did the picture, but you don't have to hold up the sign. Really? Then why do they do that? Hollywood, Hollywood. Okay, that's Hollywood. In real life, they don't do that. That's just right. Hollywood. In real life, look at all of them, they don't do that. Okay, it's well. the technology now, it is watching mug picture and he charges. That's it. <clears throat> All right, well, either way, now we got to figure out what else is going to happen with Tony. Is he just going to sit in jail this whole time? How does he get out? How do we find out who did this? This is the thing that I find weird. Like, they're not showing anything definitive that's going to tell me that the storyline is going anywhere. Are we just gonna, are we just going to talk to Tony in prison? Like, is that going to be going forward? We're just going to see vignettes of him, you know, eating lunch, someone trying to steal his cornbread, and there's a big fight that breaks out? Or is he going to be out in the yard? Are we going to see him in the, are we going to see shower time? Like, what the fuck's going to happen with this, on, with this thing? Are we going to see every aspect of jail until they're ready to bail him out? We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. All I know is they better not He's fucking okay. film me in the shower. That's all the fuck I gotta say about that. Look, okay? That's the 
Tony D, Tony, Tony D doesn't get naked unless he's being paid, all right? For Christ's well, sake. you evidently trust the wrong person. Hey, I all I know is I didn't want to see the fucking prison doctor. That fucking weirdo. So he's get, trying to give me some kind of exam. Next thing I know, he sticks a finger in my ass. I'm like, hey, doc, this ain't no social call. And he starts juggling my cuyans. I go, and that ain't free. Back off. Don't do that. Wait, they don't do that. No, they don't do that. Then who the when fuck you is... See the would, you hear, would you shut up for a minute? Let me explain. What happens? Get processed. Get chased out. You have to do something, which I'm not going to say. But when you go to the doctor, all they do is check your blood, check your temperature, make sure everything's okay. Go back to yourself. Then who's this fucking guy they had me talk to? Mm -hmm. All right, I need to have a talk with the fucking warden. All right, somebody going to die in this fucking prison cell. All right. Now, this guy's got to go. All right, I got to deal with this shit. All right, I'm going to go and, uh, oh, well, I guess I got to go tighten that, tidy up the cell. Let me get the fuck out of here. This is some goddamn ridiculous shit. Like, so you're telling me they don't do none of this? This ain't a regular checkup. Uh, you have to do that. No, unless you don't feel good. If somebody wants to do that to you, do what you have to. When you are in a place like that, doctor, real doctor, they don't do that. All right. Well, uh, thanks for nothing, Cherry Top. All right, I'm going to go, uh. Oh, wait, what? Well, how is that nothing? If you just look out for yourself, hopefully these charges are dropped. Remember, I had nothing to do with it. All right. I what guess... I'm saying this is what you see on TV there, Don. Nine times out of ten, that's bullshit. Just a thought. Yeah, well, on that note, we're going to move on uh, to this segment here. We see the NXT Tag Team Champions and Joe Coffey celebrate their win at Battleground. Uh, Channing stacks Lorenzo appears and accuses them of riding Tony D'Angelo out. They deny it, and Lorenzo calls them snitches. He takes the fight to them, and they gang up on him. Gallus is told to leave the building by security. Okay, um, I understand what Stax was doing, but he should have come there with backup. He got two strikes in, and he got the shit kicked out of him, really? Yeah. Okay. I saw that. I was like, seriously, dude, you went up there with three Scottish dudes that don't like you and by yourself and all of them are bigger than you? Hmm. I thought Tony D was a better mentor than that. Anyways. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This segment was stupid. Entirely stupid. Because it's obvious that Gallus didn't ride out Tony D. They're just making fun of him because they like to make fun of people. For Stax to even try to pick a fight with three guys and throw the first punch, it makes you look stupid. Everybody knows if you're the if you're on a one-on-three fight, you're not gonna win the fight. Unless you're like a Brock Lesnar type person, you ain't winning that fight. Okay? It's just not gonna happen. So it looks stupid for Stax to try to do that. Plus, if he's trying to be an underboss, everybody knows in the mafia, you don't go anywhere without backup. Ever. If you have an intention to fight, you've got a bunch of motherfuckers with you. And if you're by yourself, you got a gun. That's just the truth. You either carrying a gun or you got three, four motherfuckers with you. That's a fact. So whoever's writing this shit needs to get their mafia facts straight. Because they're making stacks look like an idiot. And the more I see stacks trying to accuse people and do this investigation, it's leading everybody to believe that he's the one behind it. Like, I sense the heel turn coming. I think you might have called it too. But that's what it looks like now to me. Because anytime they try to do an investigation or somebody tries to take matters in their own hands to find out who did something, nine times out of ten, the person conducting the investigation is the one who did it. Nine times out of ten. So, already this storyline is not off to, is not going well. And then we cut to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Williams hikes up NXT champion Carmelo Hayes' win at Battleground. Hayes shares his thoughts on the victory. The champion says he never misses, and his win was another brick in the foundation he's laying. The Heritage Cup champion Noam Dar interrupts and brought 
brags about his win at Battleground. Williams says interrupting them is a super no-no. Hayes tells Dar he might be on a high level, but Melo is on the highest level. Hayes says Dar can't beat him. Dar tells Hayes to step up and put the title line against him. He says Hayes doesn't have what it takes to compete at the highest level. Hayes accepts the challenge. Everything was fine and dandy until that motherfucker came out. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything was going fine until he showed up. Yeah, I mean, okay, then I don't know why this is happening. This is stupid. This makes no sense. Being enjoyable that Carmelo Hayes and Trick Willis came out. Yeah, I won again. Ha, 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 ha. Fuck you, Bob Breaker, which my first show. I don't even know who was going to win, especially in his hometown. Anyways, that's my point. This, the beginning of this was fantastic dog shit. Vinny, take it away. This is a waste of time. Now, Carmelo Hayes, this was his time to brag about the victory and for us to figure out what's next. Like, who's Carmelo's next opponent going to be? Uh, is it going to be somebody worthwhile? Or we need to find out, okay, what's going to happen with Braun Breaker? Is he still around? Is he getting called up? Is he gone? What the fuck is going on here? I'm more concerned about that than Noam fucking Dar walking around with this goddamn cup with the three stooges behind him who are with him for no logical reason. I would rather have Noam Dar explain why Lash Legend, the Ratchet Bitch, and the fucking Mensa guy is in this group. Why are they together? Noam Dar should have had his own separate segment to explain this shit. Why are they together? Why are they a team? How do they know each other? Where's the logic? Instead, they give Noam Dar an NXT title shot when this motherfucker is not even qualified to hold that championship. He is nowhere near ready, and you know good and hell well Melo's winning this match, so right away, you're killing all the excitement. It's not like we're all sitting here thinking, oh, he could lose the title tonight. Nobody's thinking he's losing that title tonight. Promise you, there is not a person in the crowd or a person watching at home that honestly thinks that Noam Dar, this super douche, is going to win the championship. This isn't going to happen. Not at all. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Cora Jade, who says she would be the champion if Lyra Valkyria hadn't headbutted her and blinded her. She says she deserves to be champion, but everyone screwed her over. Ivy now confronted as everyone is tired of her whining. Jade takes a shot at the Creed Brothers losing a battleground, and Niall fires back by wondering where Jade was on Sunday. Okay, Cora Jade needs to shut up because no one likes her. And, uh, and that locker room, Ivy Nile came up like, Cora Jade, just do us a favor and shut up. That basically was what that was, wasn't it? Well, yes, because Cora Jade is, again, this is another attempt of trying to get her over when she's clearly not over. And they're throwing Ivy Nile into this to give her a random match because they're not ready to pull the trigger on her and Ava Rain, apparently. They're not ready to do that shit yet. So, until they are ready, we gotta sit through a bunch of other random matches. But, either way, everybody knew Cora Jade was not qualified to win the championship. She's sloppy in the ring. She's terrible on the mic. I didn't like her very much as a babyface, and I'm liking her even less as a heel. I don't see Cora Jade as the future. I don't see her as believable in any way. And, at least Ivy Nile is a badass, so she'll be able to pull some kind of match out of Cora. But, either way, this is a waste. And, on that note, we cut to Scripps approaching Axiom backstage. Axiom calls him Reggie, who notes that his people used to call him Scripps. He says Axiom opened his eyes by unmasking him, and now he's living in the sunlight. Um, what the hell was this? <laughs> this was another stupid segment that went absolutely nowhere, <laughs> and again, did nothing. Like, he's like, his friends called him Scripps. Why? Why do they call you that, and why the fuck do I care? Why do I care? I don't care. Nobody does. Like, no one gives a shit about this. Does anyone seriously give a shit about this? Like, this is quite possibly overall one of the worst NXT episodes ever because nothing happened here that was important or mattered. That's why we're blowing through this so fast. Yeah, that's true. Very, like I said, after the weaponized steel cage match, this whole show went down 
downhill. No bullshit. And I'll prove that by moving on to the next match of the evening. We got some tag team action. The Dyad with Ava Rain versus Wesley and Tyler Bate. Uh, Bot Monkey bullshit, really? What do you think? Yeah, this was another spot fest. Although the Dyad, I did enjoy them doing very well together as a team. I felt that the chemistry between them is fantastic. The double team moves were great. Wesley and Tyler Bate, they just do their spot. They just do their spots. That's all they do. You don't, you're not going to get anything special out of these two. There's not a whole lot of frills. The Dyad at least has some type of psychology within them. And the only thing that was fascinating in all of this was Mustafa Ali in the crowd and showing up and helping out Tyler Bate and Wesley. And I guess they're about to become some type of trio until Mustafa Ali decides he's ready to be a champion in NXT. And obviously, we now have the answer to the question from the draft. As in, what the fuck is going to happen with the quote-unquote free agents? Because that's the big thing. Mustafa Ali, for whatever reason, is a free agent and can go anywhere he wants. He can go to Raw, which he did when he faced Gunter at Night of Champions. He can go to SmackDown, and apparently the free agents can also go to NXT, which a lot of people have been saying, send the free agents to NXT. Don't even make them free agents. Just send them to NXT. Because NXT needs new faces, especially with all the call-ups that happened. Ron Breaker, who's pretty much fulfilled every obligation he could possibly have to this fucking company. We need new blood. So, Mustafa Ali, even though I'm I'm not the biggest Mustafa Ali fan on the planet, he can at least do something in NXT. I feel like this is where Mustafa Ali can serve a purpose. Because on the main roster, he is taking up space. He is fucking useless. He has not gotten over with anything. And you can blame creative all you want. There's only so many times you can blame creative before eventually you gotta realize the guy doesn't have the it factor. And Mustafa Ali didn't have the it factor. But maybe in NXT, he can reinvent himself like so many other people have. So at least here, he can be useful. And, you know, people who actually fucking like this guy can tune into NXT to see him. He can put eyes on the product. And I would definitely prefer him over Wesley with that North American title. Because at least Mustafa Ali can put a smidgen of star power behind it. I certainly agree with you. I didn't enjoy this match right here. Now my bed. I was like, okay, can we get this all boys? Anyway, sure. Anyway. Yeah. So, of course, in addition to all this, Ivy Nile and Ava also fought. The Creed Brothers tried to separate them. And then they brawl with the Dyad. So, at least now we got the attention turned back on to Ivy and Ava, where it belongs. At least uh, Ivy Nile got her hit. Got somewhat of a receipt on Ava. All the crap that Ava's been causing her. Yeah. after. And then we cut to uh, Gabagulag and Charlie Dempsey at Chase U. This time they're teaching in the ring. Thea Hale watches on. She makes it clear she's determined to prove that she's not weak. She gets in the ring and Dempsey tells her not to cry. And then Hale squares off with Dempsey. Okay. Another typical class thing. And maybe uh, Drew Gould likes trying to take away Chase U from Andre Chase and Duke, uh, and Duke Hudson. Anyways, okay. I don't know where this is going, but let's see where it goes. Any your thoughts? That's what I think is interesting. The fact that, you know, before we were trying to figure out if Duke Hudson's trying to steal Chase U from Andre. But maybe they're trying to steal it, period. So maybe this could lead to, like, some kind of tag team match between Gabagulag and Charlie Dempsey against Duke Hudson and Andre Chase. And it could be something where some of the students are actually learning something, and maybe they decide they want to leave Chase U and study with Drew and Charlie. And there could be a division. Kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like Cobra Kai, where, where some of the 
guys leave Cobra Kai for Miyagi-Do or leave Miyagi-Do for Cobra Kai or they kick uh, Johnny to the curb uh, in favor of Kreese or kicking Kreese to the curb in favor of Terry Silver. So maybe this could be something here where some of the students or all the students try to defect to Drew and Charlie and then Andre Chase and Duke Hudson have to work together to get the students back. I can see that happening. That, yeah, that, that makes sense right there. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. But Doki. Yeah. I'm interested to see where this is. This is what's going to happen here. But anyways. So we cut to an in-ring segment with uh, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Stratton celebrates her title win and says she's the epitome of a WWE superstar. Calls out the entire women's division and says she'll reveal who her first opponent will be. She runs down the division and says none of them can beat her, so she might as well retire. Stratton announces that next week a battle royal will determine her first challenger. She says that it will be Tiffy time as long as she wants. Some of the attack Stratton and they drive her out of the ring. I actually enjoyed this. Did you? Yes. Yeah, I did. She she came out there. I'm the champion now. I'm the be- I'm better than everybody. Blah blah blah. Like a typical hill drills. Like the way she said it was good, but then she did the tippy time. I chuckled. Then she gets uh, all the graffiti. Then everybody stormed in there and kicked their ass out of the ring. And she's like, "You ruined my moment." Also, I was like, I was like I got "My endless minds." Good job. As a as a person who doesn't like with a heel sometimes, I was like, "He serves you right." But otherwise, I thought this was uh, actually good and kind of comedic in a good way. Well, yeah. Well, that's kind of how it works. You know, the heel always gets mad when their party or their celebration or their moment is ruined. And obviously, you know, she just trashed the whole women's division. So that was them, you know, getting their receipt. But now we know there's going to be a battle royal, which these are never good. So I'm going to be honest. I'm not excited for this. Although I will say this. I would prefer this over a fucking tournament. So at least we're going to have an answer. But herein lies the question with this battle royal. Whoever this number one contender is, are they going to have this women's title match right away? Or are they going to try to drag it out to the Great American Bash? That's the question. That's true. Because I'll be honest, that's what I want to see. I want whoever wins this Battle Royal to get the title shot at the Great American Bash. Now, granted, the Great American Bash is July 30th, but I think there's enough time to build a story out of this. Because I don't want this to be something where someone someone wins the Battle Royal next week and then they get the title shot the following week. And it's like, okay, then what are you going to do to build a women's title match for the Great American Bash? So have whoever wins the Battle Royal go to the Great American Bash and you tell a story, build it up, do some interviews, do some promos. I have some running, I have a moment where uh, the winner is having a match, Tiffany interferes, Tiffany has a match, and then with somebody else, and then the person comes out and is standing there, have a contract signing, uh, do something, but find a way to tell the story and drag it out to the Great American Bash, and then have Tiffany have the match there, and hopefully she wins, because she should not be losing this title anytime soon. No, she should not. Hopefully they do it right and let her keep it for a while. Absolutely. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We see Lash Legend, Jakara Jackson. Oh, that's her fucking name. And Oro Mensa confront Trick Williams. They discuss the title match with Noam Dar and Carmelo Hayes, and Williams says he'll be watching them. I don't know why, but I thought this I thought this was kind of funny. What about you? I thought this was stupid. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I thought this was dumb as fuck. None of it made any sense at all. There was no logic. There was no build to anything. And there's nothing that explains to me why these three idiots are with Noam Dar. Why is Lash Legend lowering herself to be part of this fucking faction? I do not know. There's no explanation. They're just fucking doing this and expecting all of us to just go, okay, I guess it makes sense. You got a whole random group together and you're not even going to explain why you're here? I have no idea why 
any of these people are working with Noam Dar. And I don't see anything special about Noam Dar to make me think he should be the leader of fucking anything. Again, he has a cup that nobody cares about. No one. No one gives a single fuck about the Heritage Cup. Nobody. I don't even think the diehard fans of NXT UK gave a shit about this cup. Nothing about this makes any sense because this match shouldn't even be fucking happening. And then on that note, we cut to Danny Palmer in the ring and she demands to know who the mystery attacker is that's been assaulting everyone in the series of attacks on Wendy Chu, Sol Ruka, Nikita Lyons, even Danny Palmer herself and Roxanne Perez and all that. Who is the mysterious attacker? All of a sudden, we see a video of the attacker watching. The attacker turns around, grabs the mat, like he's about to, looks like she's about to take it off. All of a sudden, the attacker's in the ring, attacks Danny Palmer, takes her out, and then reveals herself, and we find out it's Blair Davenport. And she kind of mouths to the crowd, did you miss me? I don't know who that, I forgot who that was. I do too. Miss you, I don't uh, even remember you. I mean, I gotta look this shit up. Hold on, let me let me see what I got. <laughs> um, Blair Davenport. Apparently she's been in, um, she's appeared in AEW, World of Sport Wrestling, Defiant Wrestling, and Progress Wrestling. Let's see here. Uh, she was in AEW for about a year. Hasn't really done much. Um, she was in New Japan for about a year. Then she came to WWE. I mean, trying to look at all this shit. She's basically in the NXT UK for most of her career. Then she came during the NXT 2.0. She wrestled Indy Hartwell. She wrestled Mandy Rose and Miko Satomura. Oh yeah, she was in that triple threat match at Worlds Collide where they tried where they unified the NXT Women's and the UK Women's Championships. Oh, okay. That apparently that's the last big thing she did. And then we didn't see her on TV until pretty much tonight when she revealed herself to be the attacker. I'm sorry, but this right here was not as exciting. Nope. Apparently, uh, NXT honestly felt like we remembered who Blair Davenport was. We didn't. I do not remember this bitch. And I've watched, every, and by the way, I watch NXT every week. So if this bitch was on TV every week, I'd remember. I don't I, remember. We would remember if she was on. This isn't like the main roster where I don't watch at all. So sometimes shit can fly by me on Raw and SmackDown because I don't fucking watch. But I watch NXT every week so we can do these recaps. I do not remember this bitch at all. So this was a terrible reveal because I don't think anybody remembered her either. And this is what people need to understand. If you are going to do something where you're taking off a mask and going to reveal someone who has been doing attacks and everything else, the trick is to A, make it really shocking and B, make it someone that everybody remembers or knows. Otherwise, you waste the audience's time. It has to be something you don't expect. Like Blair Davenport, nobody remembers or cares who she is. Like, some of the best mask reveals were like, for example, in TNA, when they had that faction, the Aces and Eights. Every time an Aces and Eights member took their mask off, you had no idea who they were. And by that I mean, you had no idea they were the people. It was always somebody shocking, like Yvonne Dudley being one of the members. Um, Wes Briscoe, Garrett Bischoff, like, holy shit moment. Doc Gallows, um, Mike Knox, who we knew as Mike Knox in WWE. Um, fucking D'Lo Brown being the vice president. And then Bully Ray being revealed to be the president of the Aces and Eights. So, all this simple shit, and it was amazing. Then, of course, in WWE, we had the moment where Vince McMahon was revealed to be the higher power, or DDP being
being the stalker when he took his mask off and DDP made his debut in WWE. And everybody in the everybody in the building went, holy shit. Because when WWE got bought out, we were waiting for Diamond Dallas Page to show up. And then finally he shows up. That was a good reveal. Like, those moments are important in revealing stuff. This didn't work at all. This fell flat on everyone's face because no one knew who the fuck, no one remembers who the fuck she is. And on that note, we cut to Damon Kemp who confronts Eddie Thorpe and mocks him for his loss to Tyler Bate last week. Tensions rise and they have to be separated. Okay. Why? Because we need Damon Kemp to have something to do. That's it. Oh, okay. And let's give him Eddie Thorpe. He's pretty much sitting in... They basically just went to catering, saw two people and said, you two, on camera, make fun of each other, now. And then they (laughs) got to put down their... Yeah, so they got to drop their forks (laughs) and their knives, and they're running over, and they're washing down the food that's still in their mouths. Action. That's pretty much it. So then on that, that on that note, we cut to the next match of the evening. We got Joe Coffey one on one against Channing Stacks Lorenzo. Hey, Juice, I enjoyed this highly. What about you? This is a good match. This was a very good match, actually. Oh actually. yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I actually I called this match of the night. Anyways, but this way these two find them beat the shit out of each other. I know you don't like Joe Coffey, but they can move in the ring. Stacks is his thing, and and the crappy thing is Joe Coffey one two three. Well, that's the thing, and I don't necessarily hate. Joe Coffey. I can admit that he can work. Um, but Stax, I'm more impressed with him. That dude, that dude can work. And if it turns out he is gonna go solo, if he is in fact the guy who turned on the Don, then he definitely has a future as a single star. Definitely. I could see him being a future star on the roster. Like I said, I, I said future star. He ain't there yet, but he working on it. And I feel like this is something that can draw money if, if he is the guy and him and Tony D have a program together. But um, like I said, as I said before, great match. Joe Coffey, of course, did his part. He ended up getting the win, because obviously they want to push Gals to the moon. And I don't know if this is going to lead to Joe Coffey getting a singles title soon or not. Because like I said, if Mustafa Ali ain't going for the North American title, let's have Joe Coffey chase it. That way they can at least complete the trio. I always find it weird when there's three people in a faction, and one or two people have a belt, and another person or people doesn't. Weird. Either give everybody belts, or none of them belts. Anyway, we have a video package here highlighting Ilya Dragunov's win over Dijak, and the broadcast Team announces he'll return next week, and apparently he was talking to his kid on the phone, and then I can't remember the shit that was said. We were just saying hi to his family, and I don't know why this was here, but okay. There's a lot of shit that not makes sense tonight. Um, yeah, again, I, you can just say he's coming back next week. I don't need to see all this. Unless this was meant for the people who didn't watch Battleground, to which I reply, how are you not watching Battleground? It's on Peacock, and it's cheap. I don't understand why you wouldn't watch this show. But anyway, we now move on to the next match of the evening. Dear God, help us all. We got Jay yeah. versus Ivy Nile. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know where to start with this there, guys. Uh, we finally get to see Ivy Nile in action, but it has to be because Corjay. Once again, like Finney always said, it was a sloppy bunch of bullshit. And then Ava Rain had to come down and fuck everything up and once again. Then Ivy Nile got hit. Uh, then Corjay hit a furniture. One, two, three, and the winner Corjay. Absolutely bullshit. Finney, as stupid as this was, this is what needed to happen if you were going to give Cora Jade a win. And also, this is meant to further the feud with the uh, the Schism and the Kree Brothers, which is in the Diamond Mine, which is apparently what's going to fucking happen here. Um, unfortunately, uh, they don't have a fourth member anymore because Damon Kemp turned heel and Roderick Strong is in AEW. So I don't know who their fourth would be. 
if Joe Gacy winds up getting involved in this. So far, you got three out of the four with the schism involved here. So I don't know where Joe Gacy's going to come into play. They would have to find a fourth. I don't know where they find it. But I do know that Cora Jade definitely was carried in this match by Ivy. And like I said, we were basically just waiting to see what Ava Rain would do. This was a match to set up an angle. That's all this was. And Pretty much. After that, we cut to uh, Hank Walker and Tank Ledger, who bond after their match last week. Malik Blade and Aegis Anofi show up and tell them it takes longer than one match to bond. They try to showcase their own closeness as a team, but they give different answers. They tease having a match with each other like Walker and Ledger to strengthen their bond. This was stupid. Yes. Uh, at least with Hank and Tank, it was funny somewhat <laughs> in the beginning. Somewhat. Like, favorite animal. One, two, three, honey badger. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Blade and Anofi, oh they God. just sound like dumb. And do that to save their lives. Anyways. Because I'm just saying, like, this is a prime example of of comedy and wrestling and how it can work for some people and not work for others. You know, like, a joke in the hands of the right person can be funny. Hands of the wrong person, it's god-awful. Very true. Uh, like you said, with Hank and Hank Walker and Take Ledger, they made it funny to a certain extent. I was like, I, I chuckled a couple of times. I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know why, but see where this goes there, folks. On that note, because of the backstage area with uh, Ivy Nile, who challenges Ava to a match next week. Kribo's also challenged Adaya to a match, and the officials separate the two teams. What's going to happen is, is it's going to be Ivy Nile and the Kree brothers taking on a dyad with Ava. I mean, I do see that as a possibility that could happen. Because I don't know if next week, are they doing a six-person tag, or is it going to be one-on-one and then a tag match? I don't know what's happening here. Are they going to be separate matches or all together? Or are they going to wait till the Great American Bash to, uh, to do a six-person tag? I don't know how it's going to work. Well, with a shooter, the Great American Bash can hold off long enough Ava against uh, Ivy. Well, yeah. If you can make it one-on-one with the Great American Bash, that'd be perfect. If they wait that long, that's the question. Yeah. So it's like, do you want to tell a story? Do you want a hot shot? And on that, yes. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends the title against Noam Dar with Last Legend, Oro Mensa, and Jakara Jackson. Carmelo Hayes was carrying this whole match. Definitely. Yeah, he carried Norman Dar. I mean, Norman Dar got a couple of licks in, but I was really focused on with. I was like, this is. I like Carmelo Hayes, but he didn't should not have done this, and not to mention it was bullshit that Trick Williams got thrown out, but the other two shit has did it. Seriously, they started. They want to throw everybody out and continue this shit right here. But thankfully, then um, Nathan Frazier and Dragon Lee came down there and saved Jay what I like when they were uh, arguing, and then they pointed up real quick. And then uh, I think Carmelo Hayes comes in that spot, which was that spot was good. Otherwise, now it's like eh, this is boring. But the only other change thing was when those two guys just pointed up. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But Vinny, take it away. Well, this right here um, was Carmelo Hayes showing that he can carry anyone to a good match. That's really what this is. This cements Carmelo Hayes as one of the best in the business because he managed to pull a good match out of Noam Dar, who is not talented. Uh, Dragon Lee and Nathan Fraser getting involved doesn't help matters because they're equally as annoying and not interesting. And uh, basically, you know, Carmelo eventually gets nothing but net, gets the win, and he celebrates his win after the match, and then Baron Corbin blindsides when a vicious attack and then poses with the NXT Championship. And that 
is the one saving grace in this whole thing was that Baron Corbin showed up. Yes, Baron Corbin got rid of JBL. I was like, okay, Baron Corbin's a dick, and I'm sorry, I kind of like the dude, but if he does this right here, then I think this would be good for him. Carmelo Hayes against Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's a big dude, and he knows how to move. Good working to me. Ish. Yes, and Baron Corbin is also another one of these guys that is um signed to a free agency. So, as a free agent, he can come to NXT. And here's what a lot of people don't remember. Baron Corbin was very big in NXT. Like, literally in NXT, he was squashing motherfuckers. And this is back when he had the long hair, and he was the lone wolf, and he had an incredible presence and a gimmick, and he's one of those guys that when he got called up, people thought he was going somewhere. Boy, were we fucking wrong. <laughs> and shaving his head didn't help matters. Nope. Like, it was just... Cashing it in and losing it in two minutes didn't help him either. Yeah, this basically went downhill. <laughs> his career went downhill so goddamn fast. It was sad. So hopefully him coming to NXT could be another resurgence. And again, it brings new faces, or in this case, new old faces, uh, to the roster and bring in people to get ratings, to get people to fucking watch, get people to see something different. Because, like I said, Baron Corbin hasn't been in NXT in God knows how long. It has been a minute, you know? It's been a while. He, he has not been in NXT in a while. So at this point, I'm intrigued to see what he can do. I want to see what Baron Corbin is going to bring to the table here. Because if he can do something to make NXT better, out then he's then, it, then by all means have him here. If he can't contribute, then he's waiting. He's taking up space. But I honestly feel like he's done enough on the main roster to having him in NXT can mean something because he does have an impressive resume that might not be impressive on the main roster because of how badly he's been booked. But here in NXT, he can get a second chance at life, and maybe at some point he could be the guy to dethrone Carmelo Hayes and become the NXT champion. I would like to see that. Because I, I like Baron Corbin as a worker when he's not being booked like crap. But all right, then, yeah. I, th- I saw that. I was like, huh. I was like, I wasn't upset. I was like, oh, and I heard, I was like, why is he there? Who was the funny he showed? And I heard free agents. I was like, okay, that's why. <laughs> exactly. So I, saw, I, heard the, I heard someone say he's a free agent. I was like, that makes sense. And it might work out for him. One more chance for Baron Corbin. All right, there, sir. Take it away. Well, nowhere else to take this. This pretty much wraps up the recap of NXT. Uh, Zach, as always, I think you take your time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely, sir. All right. Make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We got archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the male soap opera moment with our predictions for Night of Champions. And be on the lookout for our recap of Night of Champions coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We have plenty of Dark Side episodes coming soon. We've got so many, so much content in the tank. We just got to get a few things fixed before we can send them out to you guys. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. So we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Come and support 
support of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to know to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network, and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with the credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. If you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid despite every single setback thrown at us. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. Talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.